Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we are here with the season four finale. Yay! Psh, confetti! Beow, beow, fireworks! Meow! Elias is excited. <laughs> uh, we've been in season four for a while, guys. Guys, we've lived here for almost a whole year. We took a month <laughs> off in the middle because we were tired. Yeah. Um, but for everyone who stuck with us during our, our trying times. We love you. We love you dearly. Um, it's actually kind of funny because this is like the, from a Nielsen rating, like this is like peak Will and Grace. Yes. And like this season is the one where we were just like, oh man, like we just need the time to like. We needed some like, like go-go juice sort of situation. We definitely need a go-go juice. Like. In our defense, there's a lot of episodes in season four. Yeah. How many uh, did four. it end up being? Like 27 or something? This is, I think, uh. If you count double episodes as two episodes, this is episode 26 and 27. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for any show. I, I mean, like, even like Grey's Anatomy isn't producing 27 episodes these days, you no, know? No, I feel like they most shows cap out about 22, 23 these days. Yeah. Maybe 24 if they're really feeling ambitious. But honestly, for the last month, I've been like, oh, well, obviously next week is the season finale. And it hasn't been. Yeah. So, pro Will and Grace, I guess. Um, but it's been a... The struggle could not be more real. But we did it, you guys. This is the last one. Yay! Yay! Um, all right, let's talk about the episode description. We've got a lot to talk about this week. And then we're going to wrap everything up by kind of chatting a brief bit about what our next couple plans are. Yeah. All right. So the description for this double episode, which is titled AI, Artificial Insemination. In the one-hour season finale, after Will and Grace decide to have a baby together, obstacles pile up including a missing specimen sample and bungled insemination efforts that have them teetering between artificial and natural means. Meanwhile, Jack considers giving up his show business aspirations until he gets some career advice from an unexpected source, his idol Cher, guest-starring as herself. Likewise, married Karen is sorely tempted by the romantic tickling of a rich and natty gentleman, guest-star Rip Torn. I'm sorry, romantic tickling? Is that really what it says? It says... It says... The romantic tickling of Rip Torn. Okay. That's... I think if Rip Torn is romantically tickling people, we are about to have a Me Too moment. I was going to say, that sounds like <laughs> sexual harassment. It sounds a lot like sexual harassment. Please do not romantically tickle anyone without their express consent. Don't just, just don't tickle anyone romantically. I, you know that I, there are like tickle fetishes though. And when I lived in Madison, there was a cuddle house. Yes, I did know about that. Those things but then it got thrown out because it turned into a brothel. I mean, it yes. didn't literally, but like legally it was a brothel. But like, yeah, legally it was considered prostitution, so they had to I, shut it down. I mean, down. I guess I wasn't there. Maybe it was also literally a brothel. I don't know because all I, this is my exact memory of the Cuddle House. I learned about it. Mm-hmm. I texted my friend who'd moved out of Madison about it. She said, what the fuck, that's prostitution, and the next week it got shut down. So, I don't know. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Cuddles! <laughs> So this week's episode kind of, um, it actually pivots really nicely off last week's episode. Yes. Um, which ends with Will and Grace being at their therapist's office and deciding for some reason to have a baby. Yeah. Debatable reasoning, but nonetheless, it's a decision that they came to. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess for me, who has been begging Will and Grace to have a coherent plot line that carries through from episode to episode, thanks, I guess. You got what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Look what you made them do. <laughs> Look what I made them do. <laughs> um... 
for all of the bitching that we've done on this podcast about the artificial insemination plotline as it's been building, mm-hmm. I actually did think this was a really strong episode. Yeah, these the double episode here is like one of the funniest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, once you kind of get pack, past the ick factor. And I don't think Will and Grace always does super well on its double episodes. No, in Which fact, is ironic in yeah, a lot of ways. I feel like almost every other double episode we've had, we've kind of had some complaints about like mm-hmm. dragging or rushing to fit things in. And, right. Like, I think the show needs more time than it gets most weeks. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when they expand it to a two-part episode, we don't get, like, a concrete through line all the way through. Like, one right. part is strong, one part is weak. Yeah, this week, though, they really kind of just, like, proved that they were capable of being a one-hour comedy. And yeah. they definitely made it work. Well, I think part of it, too, is that, like, it kind of felt like it was a lot of mini-episodes. You know? Yeah. Like, you had one episode where Will and Grace tell their friends they're having a baby. Mm-hmm. And then you have one episode where there's, like, misadventures of them trying to get this uh, yeah, the, semen this, to the Grace. The sperm misadventures. The sperm misadventures. And then there's, like, this whole, like, intense plot line where they're, like, deciding whether or not they're going to have real sex, which isn't a one-second conversation for some reason. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And then there's, like, reprise of the, the, the sperm, sperm adventures. adventures. And in all that, there's, like, two whole episodes for both Jack and Karen with their plot lines. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's... So this was sort of, like, six episodes into one. Yeah, it's it's a ton of plot lines. All really well crafted. Yeah. They and... were a lot tighter than normal, mm-hmm. which was kind of nice. Yeah. Like, there was less, um, sometimes Will and Grace has a lot of like banter back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they got the banter down to just the essentials. Yes. So then the situations were funny, not the dialogue. And like, this is a sitcom. So sometimes it is sort of nice to see some actual situation comedy. It is nice to see some situation <laughs> comedy on this show every once in a while. Yeah, um, but yeah, overall, it was a really, it's mm-hmm. a fun episode, and yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. Well, it gets off to a strong start, I think, Yeah. Um, because Will and Grace tell their friends, Jack and Karen, that they're having a baby. Well, first they decide they're going to not tell their friends that well, they're having course. a baby, but naturally they both tell. <laughs> right, but I love that, again, like we were talking about the brevity, like they really skip past all the like back and forth of like, oh, we're going to keep this secret. Right, yeah, they decide they're going to keep it secret, then they both immediately spill the beans, Right. and then Jack and Karen are just kind of excited for them. Like, they don't really do the Jack and Karen song and dance of making fun of Will and Grace. They are just genuinely happy. Now, admittedly, that's a huge red flag. Yes. That is never properly addressed. I think, as we have established in other episodes, if Karen thinks something you're doing is a good idea, you need to immediately stop Mm -hmm. and seek mental health care. Right. Well, and Jack, like, is upset at first, but then is really excited about it. Yes, he's initially upset because he has, like, older sibling syndrome. Uh-huh. And he's just like, but you're going to pay more attention to the baby. And then Will is like, we'll still pay for you. And he's like, okay, great, we're having a baby. <laughs> like, he turns around real fast. Um, and I, I just think, like, it's a good, it's a good episode for everyone. But because we don't have, like, the back and forth of, like, Jack and Karen trying to be like wet blankets and keep Will and Grace from having the baby. Right. They really shine, especially in the beginning of the episode. They absolutely do. They're like hilarious cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They're so on board with this plan to the point where it's worrisome. Yes. <laughs> and like their, their their laugh lines are not at the expense of Will and Grace. Yeah. They're in service to this plot line, which is wrong, but like funny then. Like, yeah. They're saying like ridiculous things about like the baby. Like they're making light of like, oh, haha, you gotta go, you know put the baby in and then they like kind of make fun of them for like having sex later. Right. Yeah. There's uh there's just like a lot of really fun stuff happening that they aren't just like 
it's not the consistent jabbing of Will and Grace mm-hmm. and like interrogating their character. Yeah. But instead just like they're being very supportive and laughing at the absurdity of the situation. Right. Like they're leaning into the plot line. It's like an improv when it's like say yes to yes. this. Like, like they say yes to this plot line and it makes everything stronger. Right. And normally the comedy of Jack and Karen does come from them being like, oh honey, no. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's nice to see them just yes and everything. Yes. Like, There's a yes. real yes and. Yes, you're going to have a baby and we're going to get you a hotel suite. Like you're even gonna... Elliot gets in on it. Like for right. some reason, Elliot is, I shouldn't say for some reason, like Elliot is a main cast member on this show. Right. Um. So he and Rosario, who are both technically main cast members, are in the finale. Um. And so he's featured in one scene where like, He's there and they're talking about sex. They're like, make him leave the room. But and he's like, Jack, is it okay if I listen at the door? And Jack's like, yeah, that's fine. But then, like, then they call him in later because like they don't know how insemination is. Yes. And oh obviously, Elliot, who's been inseminated. Like he ha- well, he not was, been inseminated. He was, in, he was conceived via artificial he insemination. He was the semen at one point. <laughs> don't say semen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this like 13-year-old comes in to explain to a table full of adults how artificial insemination works. A table full of adults, including Will and Grace, who have decided to do this. Yeah, and Jack, who has donated sperm. Like, you think one of those three could have done a cursory Google at literally any point? Yeah, I just, like, I... I, Karen gets a pass, she's drunk. There is a lot of unbelievable things about this episode, but I found it unbelievable that Will and Grace had talked about having a baby, decided to have a baby, and not thought about how they were physically going to make the baby. Yeah. Now, that said, I have looked at pictures of two guys and thought, oh, they would make a cute baby. So maybe I'm not one to judge. Matthew doesn't understand biology. You put the penises together and the baby comes out of the butt, right? It, yeah, that's how MPreg works Yes, that normally. is. You just touch the penises. Matthew thinks... That's M- why you have to be so careful in the locker rooms. Yeah, Matthew thinks MPreg is real because of butt babies. <laughs> Here's the thing I don't understand about Mpreg. Why are there not more cesarean sections? Like, obviously, there would need to have a C-section, right? Oh, yeah. I you actually, can't poop out a baby. I don't at all support Mpreg, where the butt turns into the birth canal. That's just weird. That's weird. Yeah. Like, there has to be magic, and then there has to be a C-section. Obviously. Or there has to be, like, a full gender change while pregnant. Literally, I remember once in my misspent youth reading Bandom fan fiction, there was a fic I read in which Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco was briefly turned into a girl, mm-hmm. had sex with everyone else in the band, then turned back into a man, but was pregnant. Oh, and so awkward. Then, then they had to do a C-section. <laughs> and it was really awkward because, like, they didn't know which of the three other guys was the yeah. dad. And... Like, I'm not about biological essentialism, like, in the real world, but in Mpreg, I'm really particular about getting the biology right. Yeah. I also like those pictures of Pokemon where they show how the biology would work, too. Science. <laughs> it rules. <laughs> Science. Okay, anyways. Let's stay on topic. <laughs> Let's talk about Karen trying not to get it on with Riptorn. Okay. Which is what I have to believe the episode is to survive. Yes. So, essentially, um, we, Karen has her own side plot this week because she's still very upset about Stan mm-hmm. and his staying in prison for longer than anticipated. I actually respect that the show is giving this plotline the weight it deserves. Yeah. Um, Stan has kind of been like a punchline for the entirety of Will and Grace's run. And he goes to prison at the beginning of season four, and it's just kind of treated like another, like, comic bit. Right. But, yeah, in the last few episodes, they've really kind of given it some more weight. So a little bit last week with the conjugal visit that wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then, again, this week with Karen being really tempted to cheat on Stan because he's not coming out for a while. Well, and I think it's interesting because, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, I see Karen's instinct to cheat on Stan as really being Karen's instinct to 
get a divorce from Stan, but not quite being there yet. Yeah. Mentally. I, I think she's sort of like playing with the idea of no longer being married to him, which right. we see with her taking off her wedding ring. And when is when she's asked if she's married, not saying, yes, I'm married, mm-hmm. but we're but like... saying no. But it's complicated. Yeah. yeah, but she says, no, I'm not married. Yeah. Like she still wants to be married and she still wants to be with Stan, but she's upset with him and she's trying to like process like what is her life if she's not with Stan. Right. And I thought it was really interesting that there wasn't really any revenge element to that. Yes. I, it didn't feel like she was mad at Stan so she was going to have sex with someone else. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times when you have a cheating plotline on a show, there is sort of an element of that. Like I'm going to punish you by sleeping with someone else. Right. This genuinely felt like her trying to like really understand her place in the world if Stan wasn't going to physically be there. And I think that kind of played out in the fact that it never seemed like she was actually really interested in Rip Torn's character. I think she was more like interested in the idea of maybe sleeping with or being with someone else. Like she's not even saying my name's Karen Walker. She's being Anastasia Beaverhausen. Like she's playing a role. Because you you only ever think of Anastasia through like Anastasia Beverly Hills that you always say Anastasia Beaverhausen. I just like pronouncing Anastasia like that. It's Anastasia I pronounce the um, DreamWorks movie Anastasia. Anastasia. It is Anastasia. It is Anastasia. The only time it's Anastasia is when it's Grandmama. It's me. (laughs) Anastasia. (laughs) Anyways. So anyways, yeah, she's not even Karen Walker through the whole thing. There's a very performative aspect to this plot line. Right. I do want to follow up on that, though. If if she only gives him the name Anastasia Beaverhausen, how does he know how to send the flowers to her house? Maybe she gives him her address? That seems weird. I'm not going to give you my real name, but I will give you the real place where I live. You know, honest to God. stupid. Honest to God, I imagine that maybe the florist just knows that Anastasia Beaverhausen is in fact Karen Walker. That also is a possibility. I just feel like that it's kind of like Regina Falange. It's her only like go-to like pseudonym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't have a good fake name at bars. Oh, I always just go with Mike. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I answered a mic, so, like, it just, like, it rolls yeah, right off the tongue. Yeah, you see, but my name is just a touch too weird that, like, mm. I, I I can't lie about it. Like, mm. the only time I've ever successfully done it was when someone misheard me and thought I said Jess, and I just said, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you have suggestions for fake names I can go by, <laughs> please feel free to tweet them at us. You can tweet us at Not a Couple Show on Twitter. Yeah, but, so, essentially we have Karen... Um, kind of gets confronted by Rosario about this this potential cheating. Yeah, and Rosario is not as well used as Elliot is. I think. Yeah. Like, like she's used for a more dramatic purpose, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Elliot is more comic. But she does get to reach down Karen's shirt and pull a cute flower card out of her boob. You know. Yeah, because Karen is sort of trying to lie to Rosario about who Rip Torn is and why he's mm-hmm. sending her flowers. And she tries to bullshit that it's, like, her bassist for her Leonard Skinner tribute band. Which doesn't really make sense at, at all. all. But then she does this, like, really sad, like, <laughs> quiet Karen voice. It's just like, carry on that even? No, I think it was, um, was it Sweet Home Alabama? You're right, you're right. That's yeah. not even Leonard That's Skinner. That's not even Leonard What's Skinner. What's wrong with me? You are from the wrong side of the tracks. You should be ashamed of yourself. I have never listened to Leonard Skinner. Yes, you have. No, I have not. I was once forced to listen to Sweet Home Alabama on repeat, and it mm. was terrible. You've seen the movie, though, right? Oh, yeah. The movie's great. The movie's amazing. The movie has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. I think the movie Reese might have made Wh- me gay. Reese Witherspoon is a national treasure. Yeah. But not in National Treasure. If Reese Witherspoon became the new hero of National Treasure... I would oh, reboot man. that franchise in a hot second. With, with fucking 
uh, Reese Witherspoon. Or you could wait a couple years and do it with Reese Witherspoon's daughter, who looks just like her. They could do it with both of them. <gasps> so great. Anyways, not <laughs> important. Let's move on, I think. Because the Karen plot doesn't really get resolved beyond yeah. what we talked about already. Yeah, she just tells the guy that she's married, and he says that he doesn't care, and then we're kind of left on a cliffhanger with that. Right. This is a three-part cliffhanger, you guys. Yeah, like, it clearly is about to be resolved in the premiere of next season. But it's it's not as much of a cliffhanger as the other cliffhanger in the Will and Grace plot, which right. we'll follow up on. All right. So shall we talk about Jack? Let's talk about Jack. Um, Jack is in Barney's this week a lot. Yes. So. We are reminded that he works there. Mm-hmm. He is reminded that he works there, I think, <laughs> honestly. Yes. Um, essentially, Dorleen, our dearly mm-hmm. departed Dorleen, has been fired as floor manager because apparently she was both bipolar and... On a lot of cocaine. Yeah, she's going back to school to get her science and robotics degree so she can be lost in space, I believe, if that was the subtext there. <laughs> it takes a long time, though, like... It's, it's a PhD 12, program. 15 years. And, and she's only going part-time. Yeah, but now she's lost in space. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it, it kind of comes up very quickly, like, so quickly I almost didn't realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but some random other gay on the floor is, like, talking to Jack and basically convinces Jack that he should be... Into retail. Right. Which, Essentially, like, Jack is like, I don't know what to do now that I'm giving up show business. And the right. guy is like, why don't you just do your job? And then that, Jack's like, oh, it's been right in front of me the whole time. Right. While looking straight at a mannequin crotch. Right. Like, and I mean, I don't even think the guy on the floor is, like, trying to be like, why don't you just do your job, like, exasperated. I think he's genuinely like, you work at Barney's. Like, like be into that. Oh, no, I disagree. I think he was just <laughs> exasperated. He's like, just fucking do why your don't you job. just do your goddamn job? <laughs> You fucking hillbilly. Maybe he just, he did the delivery where he's telling you you're an asshole, but you think it's a compliment. Yeah, like, ooh, I am an asshole. I should do porn <laughs> for my asshole. Um, Is that how you walk into a porn set, Matthew? Just asshole first? You always walk into a porn set, ass first. It shows respect for the craft. <laughs> you gonna be Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. That just kind of took me unawares. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's clever to have a plot line where Jack is has a real job for a minute and is like right. fixated on it. It like also he, seems like there's potential for upward mobility at he this He gets job. promoted within like the two hour or two hour. He gets promoted within the hour long episode to right. floor manager. Yeah. Not manager. He's a floor manager. But hey, he gets an office. That seems like a pretty big mm-hmm. step up from yeah. whatever he was doing. Right. Like he just... Like, he has potential. He's good at the job. He's very charismatic. He cares about fashion. Like, Mm -hmm. he could go somewhere at Barney's. Right. But he wants to be a star. Yes. So, basically, upon walking into his new office, Jack decides to celebrate by cleaning up Dorleen's cocaine mess Mm -hmm. and turns on some share and does some white boy twerking. Yep. And... And twerks so hard, he falls down and hits his head. Yeah. He smacks his head and knocks some stuff on top of himself and is unconscious for a brief moment. And then... Cher. Yes, so Cher appears as God. (laughs) Well, it depends on what bathhouse you pray at. (laughs) I just, I was floored by this because I knew about the Cher episode and we saw the Cher episode already. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting a second Cher cameo. (laughs) I was expecting, I didn't even know what I was expecting. I'm just so grateful that I managed to not spill the beans on this one. Uh I've known about this the whole time. (laughs) So like, I've just been sitting here being like, oh my God, he's going to freak out when Cher shows up. Well, and like, I 
you like I was watching the episode, like the dream sequence was happening, and like I'm kind of like rolling my eyes, like okay, I'm whatever. like watching you tune out, and I'm just like I'm like rolling my eyes like so hard that I almost <laughs> miss Cher, but then like they completely unroll the opposite direction. Yes, so Cher is there, and she's God. And she's so Cher, and she's here to tell Jack not to give up on show business. Mm-hmm. I just it was so funny and real in a way that the last Cher cameo, like not wasn't like it was a funny moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, in that one, Cher is just kind of, like, being a real person. And that throws Jack off, I think. Right. Here she is, like, Cher. Like, capital C-H-E-N-R, Cher. Yeah. Like, Cher who's tweeting live right now. Right. Cher. (laughs) Um, And also, Cher is, like, unabashedly in-universe promoting her own new CD. Which I think is extremely in character. Yeah. Like, there's... They keep playing the song, uh, Song for the Lonely, which is, like, her hit single when this episode airs. Yes. And it's fitting for the theme, so I didn't think anything of it. But then, like, at the end of her telling Jack, like, go follow your dreams. Like, Mm -hmm. you are chosen to be a star or something. How do you, you know... How do you handle rejection? It says what you are as a person. As you know, I lost the Oscar for Moonstruck. And then he's like, but you didn't lose the Oscar for Moonstruck. And honey, don't you forget it. (laughs) But... To go back to what I was saying before, like, she brings in these cocoa dancers at the end to, like, end the dream sequence. And they're angels. And they're angels, and they're sexy angels, and they're wearing diapers, which is weird. But, like... Were they diapers? They're meant like, to be sexy briefs. Like, sexy briefs. But because but they're, they're angels, it looks like diapers. It does look like diapers. Um, but anyways, the diaper angels are dancing to Song for the Lonely, and Jack, like, straight up calls her out. Like He's just like, are you promoting your album right now in my dream sequence? <laughs> and she's just like, yes. Of course. She just is like not phased by this. (laughs) Go find your bliss. And then he like grabs one of the go-go dancer angels and is like, this is, my bliss is this way. (laughs) So then he he comes to, in his office again, where he's been found by the person who hired him as floor manager. And he's just like, what are you doing? Are you sleeping? And... Like, apparently everyone's just fine with that, I guess. <laughs> like, he doesn't seem super bothered by that. I mean, if you're sleeping, that's fine. But, like, we got a situation down on floor four or whatever, right, you know. Yeah, there was something where someone tried to rip off somebody else's weave. And he's like, you're the floor manager. You have to go deal with this. And Jack's like, I cannot. I have to follow my bliss. And then he goes to a voiceover audition. Yeah. Which... A non-union voiceover audition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... You want Jack to be, like, successful, which means you want him to get out of show business. Mm. But if Jack's not going to get out of show business, this is the best possible scenario. Yeah. So then we see him at the voiceover audition, and he's kind of doing this, like, generic announcer voice. But it, right. it actually kind of works very well for the cliffhanger type of ending we get mm-hmm. in this episode. Because he's basically like, tune in next time to see what happens. And <laughs> they're like, what are you doing with your voice? And he's like, uh, that's how announcers sound. Never change. Never change, Jack. All right. I think we've got to talk about the actual Will and Grace plotline this no, week. No, but we've been putting it off. I know. Ugh. You know what? Let's start with the stuff we really loved. Okay. And the thing that I love the most about this episode is that we get actual funny situations that are comedic. Yes. As if we are watching a sitcom, also known as a situation comedy. What? I know. Did you know that that was what it was short for? No. Will and Grace didn't. <laughs> okay, John Mulaney. <laughs> <sighs> um, so this episode features two kind of similar sequences 
um, which are almost like actiony or screwball comedy, right? Where Will and Grace are trying and failing to get to the insemination clinic with their sperm intact, yes, in order to impregnate Grace. Yes, so we find them at the OBGYN office, mm-hmm. and Grace is in like the hospital gown, and she's all ready. And the nurse comes in and is like, "Your sperm, Will, there's a problem." And he's like what? Is something wrong with it? And she's like, it's chowder. And he's like, that's good, right? And she's like, no, literally, it's corn chowder. It smells really good, but it's not It's not firm. semen. If we won't put it up her. <laughs> that will give that her would be a weird. yeast infection. Tess knows about yeast infections, Don't guys. Don't put chowder in your vagina. If you try to put chowder into your cervix, you will get a yeast infection and die. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have like this like extended scene. And it gets to be extended because we have a two-part episode and we have space for it. Right. We're like... They're running to catch Jack because they think Jack's about to eat the semen. Yes. But it turns out Jack has Karen's tequila. So right. They're so running then, to the so office. then Grace runs to the office to grab Karen's tequila thinking it's the sperm, but it's mop and glove. Right. So then they run to like Karen's house to catch Rosario. And they like Will like opens the door and Rosario's like, stop! The floor is sticky. Because <laughs> she mopped the floor with semen. Yeah. <laughs> How did she not notice that it was in a specimen cup? Like I think she just didn't care. Like she clearly knows like something you know, is not honest right. Honest to God, I could see her opening the semen and just being like, fuck you, Karen, and just <laughs> pouring semen on the ground and mopping the floor with like, it. Thank you, Mother Mary. <laughs> Dump in semen, mop floor. I just want you all to know how big of the situational cup that Matthew just pantomimed that was going on the floor. You know that semen cups are like smaller than a soda can, right? I just mean like when they pull up the chowder, it was this big, and Will didn't think that it was weird that this big of a jug was in his semen cup. Do gay men just not know how much semen you usually jizz? Will is just dumb. <laughs> Also, it depends on how recently you've jizzed and what kind of protein you've eaten. That lately. is very true. You're not wrong about that, but mm-hmm. rarely is it a, si- a the size of a corn chowder cup. Now, we could go on for weeks about semen quantity and viscosity. But we won't. But let's move on. <laughs> so, basically, they can't get pregnant in that situation. Right. And, like, to jump ahead past the center of the episode... We get another different action scene later that I also love because it's a more traditional, like, race against time action sequence. Right. So they get into the cab and they have the semen and they have Mm -hmm. the the womb and they're ready. They're ready to go. But then... They have the womb. (laughs) But then Will says these words, nothing bad can happen now or something. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. Immediately jinxing the whole situation. So Grace freaks out, makes them get out of the cab Mm -hmm. um, because it's not just a regular jinx. It's some sort of Jewish jinx. Yeah, we're not Jewish enough to pronounce whatever Grace said, but it was a Jewish jinx. She trusts us that she says it's Jewish and we believe her. So they get out of that cab and get into another cab and immediately upon getting into the other cab, Grace proceeds to jinx them by saying that, you know, nothing can go wrong. And the cab immediately reruns someone. (laughs) Like, as she's done saying it. Like, you can feel them like building up like Jewish karma against their act. <laughs> right. And so then they're right on the other side of Central Park from the thing. Mm-hmm. And so Grace is like, you know what? I have the sperm. I'm just going to go. And Will's like, no, I run faster. I'll take the sperm. And then she's like, pray tell, where will you put the sperm <laughs> upon your arrival at the obstetrician? Because he's stupid and forgot it has to go in her body. Right. So then she's running across the park. And as she's running, she passes Jack. Like two shifts for no reason. He's also running across the park to get to his audition, and after she says hi to him, she runs smack into a light post. Yes, like a lamp post thing. Punctuating the episode quite beautifully. Yes. Um. So then, poor Will is all by his lonesome in the obstetrician's office with no sperm and no womb. Yeah. 
Which is ultimately, like, the best solution, as we all know. Like, yes. the universe is actively trying to stop them from having a baby. Yes, that is, like, the, the overall impression I get from mm-hmm. this episode is that the universe is telling them right. that this is a poor decision. It, it almost feels kind of, uh, like, they, they reference Noah at the beginning. It feels almost biblical. Like, yes. there are three, there are three <laughs> trials. First, they attempt the first time, but then the sperm is moved from place to place and applied to the floor. And then they attempt to do it the old-fashioned way, but then their heart stops them. And then, at the last moment, as they race with all the strength of their bodies, God puts a lamppole right in their path. And Grace is concussed mm-hmm. or something. Yes. The three trials of Will and Grace. Yes, and so... I think that's one of the Apocrypha books. Sure. It goes with the one where the guy gets blinded. Yep. That sounds right. Oh my god, you're such a fake Catholic. You don't even know about the Apocrypha? Bitch, I've only taken a class on the first half of the thing. I think that also the one where the woman does the choppy chop is in the Apocrypha too. The choppy chop. Yeah, Judith, where she cuts off the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I haven't read the new... I haven't read the sequel. I've only read the first one. No, no, that's... That's in the... That's like the... the spin-off novel from the first one. Ah, okay. I don't think I've read that. We didn't have to cover that. Yeah. Either. Like, it's like when you do, like, the fantasy series and you have your trilogy, and then, like, you want to keep making money, so you write, like, a book that, like, is sideways. That's the Apocrypha. I see, I see. Yeah. There's a bunch of really good shit in there, but it's all, like, crazy Jewish nonsense. Cool. Not that everything Jewish is crazy or nonsense, but this definitely is. <laughs> don't want to be accused of anti-Semitism, but, oh, my God, you've got to read these books. They crazy. They cray. Okay. Shall we hold hands and finally talk about the thing we've been dancing around the whole fucking episode? I don't want to touch you while we talk about this. Touch me. No! Touch me! No! Ah! Ah, Why are your hands clammy? Ah, my defense mechanism! Gross! I've been touching them to my also clammy feet. Ah! Yuck, feet hands! Gross! Why are your feet clammy? Because if I keep myself gross, you'll never want to have sex with me to produce a child. I already don't want to do that. You don't need to engage in these defense mechanisms. But after that really thematic segue. (laughs) Okay, so essentially after the first attempt at artificial insemination fails, rather than doing the sensible thing and just going back in the morning because Grace is still ovulating, Will and Grace decide that they are going to have sex with each other. For no reason. I would just like to clarify that they don't decide to just try to DIY it with some like at-home sperm. And they don't just do it at their house. They... Karen and Jack get them a hotel room and, like, fill it with flower petals and prepare themselves with popcorn because apparently they think they're going to watch this happen. Right, right. That's normal. I think it's uh, obvious based on the way we described this episode and also the fact that anyone listening to this has probably seen some Will and Grace. They do not have sex. Yes, but they really think that they're going to do it. They really do. And they really drag it out. It, it there's like an entire 24 minute long episode mm-hmm. in that, in the middle section yes. of the two of them trying to convince themselves that they're going to have sex with right. each other. Because obviously the episode break is like right in the middle of it because it's right. like a good cliffhanger. But like there's never even like the remotest suggestion that they're going to have sex. Yes. So here are some reactions that I had during those moments. This is my nightmare. The nightmare continues. Why the fuck are they kissing? What the actual fuck? And watching this with Matthew is horrifying. I had gross... The only thing grosser than these two having sex is those two watching. Oh, thank God they have alcohol. I'm dying inside and out. It's just, it's it's a very weird scenario and it doesn't make sense to me. Because like, even if the two of us were on enough drugs to think that we should reproduce with each other, I can't imagine the idea of let's have sex with each other crossing our minds at all. Right. I can't imagine it ever. I can't imagine it if we could just go back in a month and have a baby. Not even in a month. 
go back the next right, that's day. Right, I can't even imagine, like, going back the next day. Like, like, literally, like, the only situation I can imagine ever having sex with you to make a baby is, like... Is the world ending? Do we need to repopulate the planet yeah. with the only two non-cousins? Like, like, if it's, like... <laughs> You're really thinking hard about trying to find a situation in which this happens. Okay, like, we've been kidnapped by a sadistic torturer. Uh-huh. And the torturer is like, I'm going to cut off your balls, Matthew. But before you do, if you have any hope, you you have one chance to make a biological kid and you have to have sex with that woman, your friend, right now. You don't honestly know. That's still a no. No, you'd still say no. You I'd just, still say no. You're like, like, you know, fuck it, I'd adopt. Like. <laughs> also, like, don't touch my balls, bro. <laughs> that's gross. No, no homo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, even a post-apocalyptic situation I could see us like okay you go jizz on that rock and then I'll sit on the rock, I'll rub on and, the rock. and just sort of like try to scoop it in <laughs> with my hands or even like just jizz in my hand and then I'll just I'm not gonna jizz in your hand then we're in a world with no cups or rocks okay <laughs> that is the darkest timeline this is the bad place <laughs> All the cups and rocks in the world have been destroyed. Why are we bringing a child into this horrible world of cups or rocks? (laughs) Probably the sadistic ball touchers are there. (laughs) We have to raise an army ourselves to destroy the ball touchers. You know, that's actually one of the plots of the the unreleased Mad Max movie. Mad Max 5, the coupless snort. (laughs) Don't forget, there's also no rocks. No rocks. (laughs) But the lack of cups is what's really going to draw audiences to the theater being like, you know what, I can understand a dystopian world where there were no rocks. But no cups? Like, no cups at all. Like, not even any, like... No containers. Not even any concave structures that you could use as a cup. Everything is just convex or flat. That's kind of weird. And you can't turn any of the convex things over. Is Charlize Theron in the movie? (laughs) How does Tom Hardy have anything to drink if he doesn't have any cups? There's no cups. There's no cups. You can just stick your face into the water. Oh, that's why the ball touchers are so powerful because there's no athletic cups. Yeah. To protect your balls. There you go. Wow. Hollywood, call us. <laughs> so yeah, there's literally no fucking reason that these two people should be trying to have sex with each other. <laughs> the copulation is just no. It's just a, it's just a fact. Okay, no. here are all the things that I think that they would need in order for them to actually successfully have intercourse. Way more alcohol. Viagra. Mm-hmm. Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would need, like, a man to be stripping. And then they could, like, both look at the man while they were having sex and be like, ooh, I'm imagining this man is touching my They body. need to have, like, a three-way. Like, they have a three-way and they both get going and right, then right, right as he's finally about to come... Right. He go. He comes inside her, and then yeah. they only have to like do the penetration. Right, thing right, one time. right, right. Like I imagine, like them both are like masturbating next to each other, and then they're like ready, and then like the man who's sexy lifts Grace up and just puts her <laughs> puts right her on Will. Right on Will. And he lifts her right back off. It's gonna be a very strong man. <laughs> and he's 
totally fine with this. <laughs> totally, you know what the problem here is? We don't really have Craigslist as a viable option yet, I think. Mm. I think Craigslist is, like, really new, and it's still being used to murder people and sell drugs. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not a viable option. But now they've gotten rid of all the sexy stuff on Craigslist. Well, and in the modern day, you'd probably just call a task rabbit anyways, honestly. That's true. They live in New York. Maybe just, like, get someone on Grinder. Yeah, there you go. We don't need you to have sex. Just be nude and sexy. And they then have apps for everything friend. now in New York, you know? New York is magical. <laughs> so, so obviously they don't have sex. They don't have sex. And but it, just, it doesn't actually, like, it hurts the episode, but it's so self-contained, you know? Right. Like, you could take this whole episode out, and you could have a very funny episode where, like, there's a five-second scene where Will and Grace are like, okay, we're going to have sex. And then, like, nope. a second later, it smash cuts to them both running out of the room crying. Right. And the episode would be exactly the same. Right. But, like, I guess in some ways I'm kind of a little bit glad that they do have the conversation where they realize that not having sex is the best option. Yeah, I because, agree. Because, like, they're like, straight up, this would make our relationship weird. And the whole reason we want to have a baby together is we don't we don't have a weird relationship. Right. We have a great relationship. We like our relationship. Now, I don't. Excuse me. Now, I don't see how they don't think that having a baby will change the relationship. I don't understand that either. But clearly, they have decided it won't. Somehow. I don't know why. Somehow, they think that a baby will change their relationship less than having sex. Yeah. Which I don't I know definitely if don't I agree, agree with. with. Also, like, as foreshadowed at the end of the episode, which we're about to get to, like, they have not thought about at all what happens when one of them meets someone that is a romantic partner for them, which right. is why it doesn't make sense that they're both raising the baby together. Right. Like, that's the thing that I don't understand is, like, it would make a lot more sense to me if they tried to find, like, a separate co-parent situation. Right. Or if, like, they were making a baby and Will was getting the baby and Will was going to be a single dad who lived with his friend who would also help co-parent the baby. Right. Like, that I could see, like, okay, well, then if Will meets a partner who's okay with that baby, then they co-parent the baby. And if right. Grace meets a partner, then they go live somewhere else and they have their own baby. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think if the movie was called Friends with Kids, it came out like five or so years ago. Mm-hmm. And it has Adam Scott and that person who was kind of with uh, Don Draper's actor. Uh, John Hamm. Yeah. The woman who was with him for a while. Um, it's interesting. It's a weird movie. But basically in the movie, they're two friends. They decided that they are going to have a kid together mm-hmm. because they both want kids and they're tired of trying to find a person to have a kid with. Right. But movie they both live in the same apartment building in separate apartments and they each like take a week so right, like right 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 so like it they're totally free half of the time to like see other people right. and like they're building in a divorced couple relationship whereas right. will and grace are starting with a together couple relationship and apparently barreling onward as if they're never going to have this situation develop right which doesn't make sense it's like and grace even says it in the episode that she was like you know waiting for like mr right to come like galloping on a horse or whatever and it's like she's it seems to me like her decision to have this baby with Will means she's done dating. Like, she's not going to look for anybody anymore. Right. And to me, that just doesn't seem realistic. Like, she's still very young and, like, plenty right. of single parents date. Right. So it seems weird that both of them are going into this with this expectation that for the next 18 years, there will be no dating. Yeah. That's weird. That is extremely weird. I want to clarify, though we are never going to have a baby, if we ever get drunk enough to decide we're going to have a baby, I'm not going to not date anybody while the baby's growing up. Oh, no. We're definitely going to do, like, a week-on-week-off situation. Oh, hell yeah. We could do some overlap in the middle, I think. But yeah, because like, I would assume we'd still be friends. But I think we should get, like, four-day weeks where we don't have the kid every other week. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds fun, right? And yeah. then, like, the middle weeks are, like, co-parenting days. Yeah, like, we co-parent on, like, weekends. Yeah, and... Tuesday, Wednesday, for Thursday. Yeah. Plus, then we can watch Grey's Anatomy with the baby. Oh, that'd be cute. We'll cover their eyes when they start doing the sexy bits. 
children need to know about sex. See, this is why we can't have babies because I wouldn't together. Like I, I don't understand why you would cover their eyes. I learned about sex watching Titanic and Kate Winslet get naked for Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was fine. I mean, Admittedly, I'm, I'm really, it does seem like it's damaged you a little. Really, I just think I'm really queer. Oh, okay. I mean, like, is that damaged? Well, no, but you also like make me want to keep watching Titanic, and that's very damaging to me. So you just are mad about Kate Winslet having perfect breasts. No, I'm mad about Titanic being a four and a half hour long movie. It's not that long. It's like three and a half hours. Oh my God. Let's move on. Kate Winslet's <laughs> boobs made me queer. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Um, I don't think there's really much to say about the cliffhanger other than it's good. Yeah, it's a great cliffhanger. So. Um, it's like a traditional TV show finale cliffhanger that doesn't call into question any of Will and Grace's friendship dynamic. No, which is nice. Which is great. And like, it ends with like, Will not knowing what happened to Grace. Yeah. Legitimate reaction. Yeah, he's at the office and he, she's not there and he's right. confused. And then Karen is like deciding whether or not she's going to fuck that guy, which, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, Grace is like waking up from her like God lamp pole induced concussion. Yes. And literally a man on a horse is coming towards her and like offering to help her. Oh my God. Do you think Cher put the lamp post there? <gasps> yes. <laughs> the man is riding a white horse. It's Cher. It's Cher is the horse. Cher is the horse. Wow. She's gone down into the, into the earth in her horse uh-huh. form. Mm-hmm. But unlike Zeus who fucks everything, she's just here to, to bring Grace a man. Yeah. Cher as a God is basically like Persephone. If Persephone like, did the whole thing, and then, like, ate the pomegranate, and then Hades was like, ha-ha, now you have to be here four months out of the mirror. And she was like, bitch, no! And then just left. <laughs> like, and she wasn't into pegging, if she wasn't into pegging Right, because Hades, Hades like, is into pegging, of course. Yeah, obviously, Persephone is pegging Hades. Right, of course. Um, and, and I just really like that traditional sitcom ending, because Will and Grace is so bad at sticking the landing on its finales that I think yes. it just really needs something really paint-by-numbers that even has, like, like you mentioned before, like Jack does like an old timey announcer voice. And I was like, right. "What will happen next? Tune in in the fall for another episode of like." It is so traditional. It works because the thing Will and Grace is best at is taking a traditional plot and making it gay. Yes, and like they did it. Good work. I'm so proud of them. Congratulations, Will and Grace. Like this isn't even like a super gay cliffhanger. But, like, these characters are still twisting the cliffhanger in their own yeah. unique it's, way. It's still queering the cliffhanger a yes. little bit. It's not, it's traditional, but it's different. It's yes. traditional because Grace is meeting the man while she's on her way to get pregnant with a different one. Right, right, it's, it's, right. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, too. So. Okay, guys. I think we did it. Yeah. We did season four. Yay! Exciting. So, uh, as is our tradition, after finishing a season, we're going to take a short break of mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Um, I think this time we're going to save our bonus episode that we traditionally do for after that break. Um, yes. So we're going to come back ready and ripping and raring to go for Pride. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of great timing for us. Um, Tess and I are both working on a lot of stuff. Tess is about to graduate and yes. be a smarty pants yep. um, and start a new job. Which we'll talk about more when I can clarify whether or not legally I'm allowed to tell you people about it. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't worked for Apple. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> um, You're going to get her in trouble. <laughs> Um, I'm working on a lot of stuff with work uh, at the theater. Our season's just wrapping up. We're doing some fundraising stuff. And we are going to tell you all about it when we have an episode that doesn't require us to talk about an hour-long episode of Will and Grace. Yes. So, we are going to take a couple of weeks off. We are going to come back in June. We're going to be here for Pride. We're going to talk about Will and Grace. We're going to talk about our lives. We're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about the past. We're going to talk about the present. We're going to talk about Father Christmas. 
I don't know if we're going to talk about any of those things, but you will have to come back. Can he be gay and black? (gasps) He can be gay and black, Tess. Oh my god, I know that it's May, you guys, but if you haven't read Santa's Husband, what are you doing? It's going to be a lot cheaper now because it's May. Sure. Think about it. All right, Tess, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us while we're on our little hiatus? Yes, I can. So the first place that is the best place to get in touch with us is our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. Um, We will still tweet. We will still update you. We'll probably um, just share some fun gifts and remind you when we'll be back all through Twitter. Um, but we're also on Facebook and Tumblr, and you can send us an email. We're at not, we're not a couple podcast at gmail.com, and you can send us more personalized notes there. If you're thinking, hey, I have a ton of money sitting around, and I want to support a podcast. It's about Will and Grace. We do have a Patreon cool. page. You are not in any way obligated to donate. This is always going to be a free podcast, but we're never going to say no if you got deep pockets. <laughs> and yeah, we're on the internet. Find us. We'll miss you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um... Thanks for sticking with us for four seasons of Will and Grace. We've got uh, four more left, yep. plus revival. Ooh, God, remember how when we started this, there wasn't a revival, so we thought there was an end point? Oh, there is no end point. Will and Grace is forever. Will and Grace is forever. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be in like separate nursing homes recording this on these same microphones in different rooms. Oh, yeah. It's totally established that after we do the first eight seasons, we wait like 11 years and then jump yeah, back the podcast. Yeah, obviously, we're right? not going to do the revival immediately. Yeah, no. That we doesn't wait. make sense. No, we're going to wait 11 years and then come back. So Clearly. Get excited for that. Circle the calendar. <laughs> God, what year would that even be? <laughs> well, we've got to finish this first. Oh, uh, fuck. Okay, so it's taken us two years to do four seasons, so at least two more years. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that puts us in 2020? Yeah, so that should be like the end of Trump's fourth term or so. So we'll be recording this from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much again. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. Thanks for being with us for four seasons of Will and Grace. This episode was sponsored by Mad Max 5, The Cupless Snort. The future belongs to those who can survive without cups or rocks.